0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest outsports podcast. It is NFL kickoff day. It, we, the the happiest day of the year. Uh, as always, this podcast is brought to you by ac and t mobilizing your world. Jim, I know that you have canceled work tonight, and you're going to be glued to your set. The Steelers and the Patriots. Tom Brady is going to be playing. Does it does it get better than this? This is like Christmas, right?
0: Well, unfortunately, I will be at work, and I'll be watching on a 15-inch old CRT TV, so I think they'll be playing in a snowstorm in Foxborough on my TV. But uh, <laughs> I I feel slightly unclean. I run a, uh, a loser's pool where you have to pick one team to lose each week, and I'm picking the Steelers as my loser, which means I have to semi-sort of hope for the Patriots to win, which is a real dilemma when you're watching the game and it's like, oh, my God, if the Patriots lose, I'm out of the pool. But if the Patriots lose, the Patriots have lost, so it's kind of a... I don't know. Makes it's a win-win awkward. and it's
1: a lose-lose. Exactly. Well, I uh, I I, I pick the Steelers as well. I you know these first. So there's this pool every week that Jim runs. You have to pick one team in the NFL to lose, and you can't pick the same team twice in the season. And I always, I always for the first few weeks pick good teams. I I take flyers so that I have the 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 Browns and the Bucks all left in the middle of the season. So I'm going with the Steelers too. Well,
0: we're gonna go. Uh, you know, you and me will be like Thelma and is going off the cliff tonight. So, when was the last time the Patriots lost uh, a home opener? I, you know, I don't probably remember, not in the uh, Belichick years either. ago. Um, but the Super Bowl champion has won every home, like 13 of the last 14. You know, opening games. The Super defending Super Bowl champion has won the only time that was broken when the Giants lost to the Cowboys a few years ago. But it's really one of those things that no matter how the Super Bowl champion winds up the season, they usually always begin with a win. So, And plus, the Steelers are missing their center. They're missing their best running back. Um, Roethlisberger's 2-5 and five lifetime against the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots struggle against teams like the Ravens and even defensively against Rex Ryan's, you know, teams with the Jets. But for some reason, they seem to have magic against the Steelers. So... I think, they, you know, I, the, I, I, regardless of how they finish this season, I think the Patriots will start strong tonight.
1: Well, if you believe a recent ESPN report, it's not magic. It's Ernie Adams and some some cameramen on the sidelines recording the Steelers' signal. So um, that was – did you read that piece on ESPN? Yes. I thought that was – I thought it was – I, I know we're viewing away from, from, from LGBT stuff, but we we, uh, we we take liberty with the NFL, so I'm going to uh, do that for a second. I read the whole piece, and my take was I didn't – there were some a new interesting things in there, I guess, from Arnold Specter and a couple of things. But I didn't see any real new information there. It was like kind of just a rehashing of what we already knew with a couple of confirmations. Did you have a different take on it?
0: Well, I thought some of it was new. I think the uh, extent—I mean, the fact that they destroyed 40 videotapes, you know, especially the NFL lawyer personally stomping on them—and to me, that I thought the piece made the NFL look in some way even worse than the Patriots, because you know this was a Belichick. According to the story, this is a Belichick, Ernie Adams operation. It wasn't involving the owner and knowing what the hell's going on. Um, But it confirmed to me why Deflategate was so crazy. I couldn't wonder why, Be- why Goodell was going to the wall under Flategate when the alleged crime seemed so relatively innocuous. I mean, I was convinced that yeah. in their June appeals hearing, Goodell would have come out and said, oh, well, you know, Brady will get a one-game suspension, and I'll reduce the Patriots. fine." Like, he would have done something, and then, you know, Brady would have accepted it, and we all would have moved on. But the fact that they went, you know, balls to the wall, it's and I think it's because the owners, a lot of them seem to think that under Spygate, that the stuff was basically covered up and you know this was sort of you know what somebody said in the story barger goodell's make good call was deflate gate because if you look at what was alleged in the spygate that was a lot more serious clearly than what happened in deflate gate and yet with spygate it's like he got the investigation over in three days belichick was never even suspended and then you have deflate gate is an eight month investigation costing three million dollars into you know under inflated footballs it just seemed out of whack <laughs> But seeing that story about the inner you know machinations of the owners, how a lot of them were pissed about what happened in two thousand seven. That to me was the new information more so than any alleged, you know, see, you know, sign stealing. But man, the stuff that goes on at these high levels it really shows you the the kind of thing big corporations will do when uh, when they want to hide stuff. Well, you know, I'm I'm a Patriots
1: fan, but I'm just kind of pissed how this whole deflate gate thing has come about because essentially what the Patriots and Tom Brady are trying to make us believe is that a a, a couple equipment guys in the Patriots just decided all by themselves, all on their own, that they were going to make the ball easier for Tom Brady Brady to grip and they were going to to deflate the footballs. That's the story that the Patriots and Tom Brady are spinning—that they knew nothing about any of this, and it was these two rogue guys just going off on their own, trying to help the Patriots win. It's just—it's just so ridiculous and unbelievable. I—I I, just—I—I I wish that judge had had. had had, had upheld oh actually I wish Goodell had handled this right in the first place. I guess that's real that's really what it is. Because well, yeah, I think think if
0: had, had reduced the suspension to one game and basically said, you don't have to admit guilt, but guilt, but little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a didn't not a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a I mean, I mean, little bit of a 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 little aren of a little bit of a feel softer because what if Brady liked the ball that felt harder and then you know yeah. of course they petitioned the NFL to have these two guys reinstated uh, the Patriots have yeah, which of course is probably uh, their way of saying if you don't reinstate, if you don't reinstate us we're going to go call <laughs> Chris Morton's and tomorrow and sort of tell the real story so I think these guys might have jobs for life at the Patriots yeah well I, I, I it'll be interesting to see I mean
1: I that just the idea that the Patriots are somehow um, so clean and, and nothing happened—just everybody ignore, uh, everybody ignore all the facts that you're seeing. Uh, it's just—I don't know—it's just absurd. Yeah,
0: well, it's going to be. I mean, it'll be an interesting season if you know this. If they're keeping tabs of football inflation religiously every game, it'll be interesting to see if it has any effect on the amount of times they fumble or the you know, the way Brady throws the ball. You know, it just that's one last, of the things in, I'm going to be in the last. In the
1: last six quarters that Tom Brady played in the season, after they were watching the balls, he eviscerated the the Colts defense, and then he put up, what, 31 on the Seahawks and was the Super Bowl MVP. So the idea that
0: they suddenly properly inflated balls are going to derail the Patriots' season is absurd. Well, we'll see. I mean, there was a reason he was obviously doing it in the first place. So he thought he got some advantage. So maybe it was all psychological and in his head, and he really didn't need it at all. And so, um, yeah. but I do have Antonio Brown in my one fantasy league, so I hope he has about nine touchdowns. Even if the Steelers the Steelers lose and he has nine touchdowns, I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> nine touchdowns. Do you have
0: anybody in the game today? Anybody in our fantasy league? A, a Patriot I or a Heath, Steelers? Heath, Heath Miller, the
1: the the, the, the oh, Steelers okay. tight end, and somebody, some, uh, Jeremy. Our uh, NFL teen uh, NFL writer. writer. Um, yeah, our, our, our sports NFL writer just just, is, just sent me an email saying he's offering me Gronkowski, so I should go look at. Uh, the, oh yeah, he the, wanted Gronkowski,
0: block. and he was going to give you. Uh, he was gonna, I forget who was going to offer you. He said somebody pretty good. It was obviously a, who was he offering you?
1: I don't have. Gronkowski. I don't know, who are you? Who
0: did he want from you? He want Eddie Lacy. I think it was basically like <laughs> Gronkowski think. and somebody for Eddie Lacy and somebody's, but it was basically a Gronkowski for Eddie Lacy yeah. proposition. He
1: wants my, he wants, he wants the fourth overall pick of the entire
0: so, draft. Right. Good luck with that. Okay, okay Jeremy, Jeremy. I'll, I'll, I'll get, get, right get I my. Mean, right what? So you're you're turning down his trade?
1: Well, I got to see who else, but he's offering me some. Some hit-or-miss tight end for a sure-fire running back? Yeah. Good luck. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not i am not stupid. Anyhow, uh, here we are, 10 minutes in, and we've talked about the NFL. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, over the last couple of weeks we've had some some people coming out associated with some, some big-time sports. We had Sam Stanley with the professional rugby in England, Izzy Gutierrez. ESPN's NBA commentator, and he's uh, often on around the horn. Very popular guy. He came out publicly a week ago. And then Bobby Petrino Jr., while he isn't in the college football, his dad is certainly one of the higher-profile college football coaches at Louisville. He was at Arkansas before, and and, and it's just it's interesting to me a, a couple of pieces. One, it's it's interesting that these these institutions like ESPN and and college football. Uh, they're just I, I'm adding more and more chapters to their to their LGBT history, and um, it's just I don't know. I, I, we've done a lot of stories on, and we, we value all the stories, whether it's Dalton Maldonado, who's a high school basketball player, or a kid Ayrton from from Oklahoma, uh, Oakland University, a swimmer we had today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you know we we get these big time institutions, ESPN and college football, it just kind of has this more this gravitas. That, that I think speaks to, to a lot more people. Well,
0: what I thought uh, what was interesting about um, Izzy's coming out was it, it was sort of the Friday uh, you know news dump, as they call it. He released this blog post on a Friday before Labor Day, which, of course, is when people don't pay attention to anything, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was his way of saying, I'm not, I want to make this public, but I don't want to make a big deal about it. It was on a personal blog. It wasn't on an ESPN platform. Um, And it still got clearly a lot of attention, but I thought he kind of handled it well. It was like he's getting married, and he just wanted to kind of make this for the record. And as we said, I think when you go, you have to kind of go public to have it make an impact. You can be out within your, you know, he was out within his ESPN world for years, but now people know it, and they can associate it with it, and it gives, you know, other people hope that, you know, ESPN is not going to, you know, hold it against someone's sexual orientation if, you know, they're, they're looking for new talent. And I think that's the that's the power of his message and with Bobby Petrino Jr. he was actually quite a good college football player. He was all-state safety in uh, Arkansas and in Georgia when uh, his dad got a job with the Falcons and one guy wrote on Reddit, the college football blog, that you know he played against Bobby in high school and he was a badass safety and then he tore his knee up and uh, then quit football but you know here you have one of the big, you know, big name programs. I mean they were played played Auburn almost to a standstill last week and, you know, he, he came out first in a, a local magazine in Louisville, and I'd been talking to Bobby for months and then sort of wrote about it immediately, and he said his dad, you know, he went up to tell his dad he was going to be in this publication, and his dad said, I've already seen it, and I love you, you know, you're, I, I'm proud of you, and gave him a big hug, and that has sort of changed the perception a lot of people had of Bobby Petrino, you know, they think of these football coaches as kind of being these, you know, a ton of, you know, these stern kind of guys, and... You know, it's it's really helped sort of, you know, the image of Louisville football. And, you know, Bobby Petrino's making a difference by, again, coming out publicly as someone who actually played, you know, a lot of football. So I think these guys, like you said, at the the high levels, they, they give a higher profile than, uh, than, you know, high school kids who I think are wonderful and will tell their stories. But there's something about the big name like ESPN that matters.
1: Yeah, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about, too, was how these guys, a lot of living – they' they're they're closeted, I guess publicly, but they're living their lives openly publicly what What did Bobby's life look like? you know who knew I mean how many people knew that he was gay and and was he dating like what did it how, well, his,
0: how... he was tormented a lot i mean he he only came out three years ago he's twenty five now and he only came out to his parents three years ago and What was interesting is that he wrote something like Thanks so much, you guys, for Outsports. I wish I had this when I was a youngster. And I thought when I first <laughs> saw it that he was in his 40s. And I realized the method. Wait a second, Outsports was around when he was a youngster. You know, we came, we, we started when he was 10. And yet, in the story, he just he talks about how isolated he felt. He felt he was the only one. And I think it really points out a lot of you know when people realize they're gay, they have this oh shit moment. A lot of people. And they 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 kind of start fearing it that they almost are they really think they are the only one even though the culture says there's you know millions and millions and there's so many people that are out and yet he still had his internal battle with it which is why he became you know the total jock he played all these sports in junior high school then concentrated on football you know he dated girls although I guess I think he said he never actually you know went all the way so to speak um, but then when he comes out to his parents they totally accept him. To the point where he then starts bringing his boyfriends on his trips, and the guy he feared most telling was his father, you know just because I think you know a lot of a lot of a lot of men fear telling their father more than they fear telling their mother wasn 't anything specifically about Bobby Vitrino that made him fear just you know the yeah. fact that he was the dad, but you know then when he comes out and brings his boyfriends they they invite the boyfriends on their family trips, and so you know and they treat him like one of you know one of the family, so I think for bobby 's case. He had only been out three years, and it was a real eye-opener how much he was accepted by everybody, and he had this initial, I don't want to be involved with, you know, the drag queen element of, you know, and now it's like, you know, I'm totally comfortable with everything, and yet all that hiding and that, you know, trying to pretend you're, you know, ultra-masculine, not that he was pretending, but, you know, having that pose. Um, You know, in his case, and I think in Izzy's case with ESPN, right, he'd been out for several years, right?
1: Well, he's been he's been certainly dating men for several years, and I know I first got wind that, that he was gay, I think it was a couple years ago, when I was in South Florida, and I was at a bar, and somebody said, oh, Izzy Gutierrez comes here all the time, and I'm like, wait, what? And oh, yeah, he's got a boyfriend, and I think they're going to get married at some point, and so I've been, over the last year or two years, whatever it is, been kind of thinking, how do I... How do I how do you reach out to somebody and offer help when they are externally publicly living this very closeted straight life? I mean, you know, I remember something that he did on the radio that was really um, you know, he was definitely putting out there the the energy and the idea that he was straight, even even as recently as a year ago.
0: Mm. And so
1: how do you how do you reach out to somebody who clearly doesn't want people to know, but you also know that he's getting married to his future husband uh, soon. So, I, you know, I never did reach out to him, um, uh, but, but you know, I, I just didn't know quite, because I didn't quite know how to do it. I knew he was living openly in his private life, but just not publicly.
0: Well, that it really becomes a tricky thing. We've had that with other athletes and administrators. Where we've known, and yet, we almost don't want to tell them we know that, you know, because that would freak them out that we're going to somehow out them, which we never would. So you kind of have to hope you meet him in person and you can bring it up. But the new wrinkle is marriage because there are marriage licenses and they are public information. So, you know, it's not that everybody, you know, is going to know exactly who Izzy Gutierrez is down at the, wherever the Miami-Dade courthouse, wherever he got married. But, you know, there are going to be people who may want to not be public per se, but once they have, a, they get a marriage license, that's public information, and I think as journalists, we need to report that, you know, and yet they'll probably have people saying, do you, could you not tell people I'm married? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be this interesting dilemma in the gay media, if it's a dilemma at all. What do you think? Meaning, let's suppose you simply someone said, hey, I, I got a tip, Izzy Gutierrez got married, and here's his marriage license. Do you run that? Well,
1: I you know I don't know about marriage licenses, but I know that there is a Division 1 college basketball coach who uh you know has a has a partner and two kids and when he was hired, you know in the last couple of years at the press conference, he he thanked the, his partner and his kids and acknowledged them at the press conference and I wrote to the coach and and the coach just said, you know, please don't write about this. I don't want to bring attention to it. The so, oh, way he did it at a, at a
0: press conference in front of other media.
1: Yeah, yeah, but nobody wrote about it.
0: Nobody wrote about it. So
1: you know, it's. I mean, do you? So I, I sure could have. I could have absolutely posted a story on Outsports saying this person said this. Said, Here's the video. The video is online. I saw the video. <laughs> but when I reached out to him for comment, he said, "Please, please, don't write about this." So what do you what do you do? do
0: you, I honestly do you think you have to run it. You? I mean, he, I, I, I'm, I'd run it. I mean, he, he said this in a public forum. I mean, it's, it's, it's of, it's a statement of fact. It's, you know, sorry if you don't want to say that. Don't bring up. I mean, that's a tricky one, but I think that that's the thing. I mean, marriage licenses are all public information, and we report on straight people getting married all the time. So and so just got married. So and so just got, you know, filed their marriage license. Why should we treat gay people? In a sense, well, you know, we should not report something that is a public document. So, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's opening a whole, going to open a whole new avenue. Now, you know, there might be a lot of people, we don't, you know, Dale Scott, the umpire, you know, probably nobody in Palm Springs even maybe was a, dimly aware that he was a major league ump, and so they wouldn't talk to the media. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I think you kind of have to, and especially if he does it in a press conference, that then you kind of wonder to the other reporters, why on earth did you not report this? I mean... So this is what this he, is what I would say.
1: I, I don't think you have
0: to. I think you can. I think you in in
1: in total good conscience if somebody acknowledges it publicly or they get a marriage license, you can absolutely it's fair game. I don't think you have, we're not talking about national security issues here. We're talking about people's personal lives. We're talking about sports, we're talking about wins and losses. So I don't think you ha- I don't think you have a duty to the public. To share that but i think that if you do choose to i think you can in good conscience
0: well the reason i disagree with that is that he publicly thanked them he publicly acknowledged them if he had simply not mentioned them at all and you happen to know just because you happen to know i would buy that but when he says something publicly and there's media there did he have a tacit agreement with everybody in the media there wink wink nod nod don't don't report it. I mean, I would have told them, uh, sorry, this is this is news, and it's on video. I mean, why would you have brought it up if you're somehow – then it sounds like he's ashamed of it. And that's what I'm – that's what I think it gets me, this idea that we still say, well, it's still something to be ashamed of or afraid of. Well, clearly, he didn't have to talk about it to the media. He could have simply not mentioned it in the press conference, never thanked his partner, but, you know, said anything. And then that's – then I would not have dug any further and said, well, I know for a fact you're married, but – Boy, when someone brings it up at a press conference, to me it's like, you know, it's out there. And we report if someone said something homophobic at a press conference, even if they said it in Serbia, you know, we would report it, but why would we then treat something that should be good news as something like, well, you know, this guy doesn't want the fact that he's married to be public, well, then why did you bring it up in a press conference yourself?
1: I hear you. The reason I didn't was, you know, I want the bigger story. I want the, you know, there's the news and there's the story. And I certainly could have reported the news, but I wouldn't have gotten the story. You know, so I'm not gripping you, like you for it. I just
0: think, and, and it's, yeah, no, no. I mean, in a sense, it's happened a while. But, I mean, to I me, if I seen that, I would have said, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, it's a dilemma. I understand it. I mean, I, I, it's an interesting thing. But it, then it says, like, what, what's he ashamed of? And what's he afraid of? Why would he have brought it up in a public press conference and
1: then what well that's interesting you know that's that's interesting we should you know write something and put it out to the readers and say should i just talk about this person like what 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 do people think it'd be a good book it would be a good dialogue because he's 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 still coaching
0: (laughs) you know that would be a good story i remember when i talked to dale scott last year he had come out you know in a really quiet way in a print magazine it's not online you know you but anyway and when I wrote him, he wrote me back and he said, I know as a journalist you can report this. I cannot stop you. I'm simply asking, can you wait until after the season? And I will give you an interview. That's how Dale was at least cognizant that, yeah, he was he went public. and he You know, he wasn't going to try to hide it. But I do think that's you ought to write that story and yet maybe take a, have a poll on the website. What would people think? Because I'd love to hear other opinions. I could be swayed the other way, but, you know, I kind of take it like, you know, if Donald Trump or any presidential candidate something, even a town hall before two people, if it's on camera, it's sort of, you know, people are going to talk about it. So that would be a good, very good talk story, I think.
1: I, I agree. As I said, I think it's fair game. I do think there's a difference between somebody running for president of the United States and well, somebody yeah, coaching college basketball. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, but I do you have a response? I guess yeah, I'll have to come up with what the poll. Do you have a response? Like, can you and can you, should you and must you? Like those are the kind of the three questions. Like what which, which which level is it at? You and can, to me, the fact that you he mentioned. Or you it, must.
0: Well I say must because to me he then actively put it out there. This was not behind the scenes or back, you know, in a meeting where he was just bullshitting and said, Oh shit, can you can you not print you know like a, a after the fact off the record which we often wink wink and do that? In this case, he publicly thanks it, it's on video. It's like Sorry guy, you're you know, you if you didn't want to do it you shouldn't have said it and yeah, I'm gonna write something, but why don't you help me out with it? So but that yeah, we have to. That's a good uh, I'd love to hear from other readers and so that'll make a good uh, column, hopefully very soon.
1: Yeah. Um well that's kind of all uh all I had to chat about today. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover?
0: <laughs> well we have um uh, we have a lot of good coming out stories coming up. We don't want to tease them too much. Um, and we've talked about how, you know, it's it's the post-Labor Day thing, how August is just dull. We, I've had several people, what is my story going to run? And it's like, I'm not running in August because no one's going to read it. Right. You know, and um, uh, we have a swimmer. We have and actually a, a closeted athlete uh, uh, in high school, a good story about why he stays closeted, which is sort of the other side of what we often report on. I know you have, uh, you know, I don't want to d- reveal your well, thing, but you have a couple good of stuff. good stories, so it's like, um, you know, we have we have a lot of stuff because people are anxious to tell their stories, but in terms of the way websites work, we got a lot of the stuff in July and August, and it's like, you're going to have to wait because we don't want your story to get ignored, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, it, it, well, it, it and is it's, it's uh, it, it, Don't you think Labor Day, I've always said this, it's really, in in many ways, it's the beginning of the new year in society. Like, everything seemed to change after Labor Day. You know, start of football season, the biggest sport. Start of the fall TV season. You know, Stephen Colbert started the day after Labor Day. He didn't start in August or in January. You know, the new cars come out. Apple has their announcement. It seems like all this stuff starts when, when the unofficial end of summer happens in the U.S.,
1: I really feel like the the year is divided into three parts you've got you've got Christmas to Memorial Day, which is essentially winter spring, and then you've got summer and then you've got labor day to to Christmas it really each one of those pieces feels distinct from the others and I know you have four seasons, but to me, we really have three divided by those three key weekends and you've got Fourth of July in the middle of the summer but
0: the, the Before and after 4th of July, there's no difference to me in feel. Yeah, well, to me, Labor Day definitely has the, the line of demarcation, and we even saw it with our traffic. Our traffic is up, you know, starting the day after Labor Day. Um, but I, I think it shows that, there, that we all have sort of rhythms of this, and, and football is the big linchpin, uh, which is why we're going to have several football stories coming up, and which is why I think the Bobby Petrino Jr. story resonated, because it was it was football. Louisville was, I think I swore I saw Bobby's on the sidelines for the second half. And I think I saw him on, you know, standing somewhere in the back when they showed a, a sideline shot. So, um, yeah, oh my I mean, God, Gays on the it. sidelines of Auburn, Louisville. What are we going to do next? Well, cause he brought three gay friends to the game, which was a sign for him of how much he's grown. That, you know, the idea to take three gay friends from Atlanta to a football game, well, kind of like never would have thought that's possible. And, uh, but so really shows how kind of much he's grown and you know we're going to have we're going to have more like that and um, I'm kind of running us up the thing today so let's end this yeah. thing but our podcast is sponsored by AT&T mobilizing your world
1: good luck to the Patriots tonight
0: I hope they win I, I guess if well they if, do if do. they win I'm happy because I, I stay alive so <laughs> exactly
1: all right we will, uh, we will talk to you next week and have some good stuff next week so stay tuned